0: and hello movie lovers and tonight I actually have my good friend Tamika with me we're going to be doing our John Wick chapter one review this movie came out in 2014 I can't wait to be able to talk about this movie this is actually one of my favorite movies in the franchise so with further ado let's go ahead let's get on with the show I'm excited to have Tamika here with me and let's do it and hey Tamika hey it's good to have you back on here with me and this time we're actually talking about john wick chapter one this movie came out in 2014 and this had a budget of 20 to 30 million dollars It also made 86 million dollars at the box office and i remember whenever i first saw this movie and basically it was released the trailer wasn't even released that long at all to be honest with you normally they end up Doing a trailer, uh, doing a trailer, and then after that, a couple of days later, they go on ahead and they release the movie. This one was like I think a week in in and everything, and they decided to go ahead and drop the movie. Interesting. Okay. So I definitely like this movie. This is actually one of my favorites. And you know, I remember watching this, and I remember whenever you see when you get first introduced into John Wick, and pretty much he's grieving at the death of his wife, who has. Cancer Helen, and so she winds up sending him a beagle to actually help with the cope of losing her. Mm. And then, amongst the amidst of that, you wind up seeing, you know, you wind up seeing him trying to bond with his dog and try to help the healing process of this. And you're thinking that everything's going to work out. And then, you, then after that, you might we wind up seeing one of the characters winds up killing the beagle and taking his car. Let me
1: tell you something. I, I just don't understand why they had to kill the dog. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> clearly, the son and I—the names I have to have some memory with. But um, the Russian guy, like the the big guy, the mob guy, what's his name? Yeah,
0: again? pretty much. It's actually just the uh, Russian gangsters. That, that's all I have in my notes.
1: <laughs> Russian gang. Yeah. Well, well, him, his son is an idiot. Um, hmm. You know, because, I mean, like you said, John, not you, but Wick, um, he's just grieving and he lost his wife. The wife gave him the beagle. And I'm not sure they said what type of disease she had. But On the guess, way that
0: it looked in cancer? the hospital bed. Yeah. The way it's set up in the hospital bed, it looks like he has she has cancer.
1: Uh, mm, OK. Yeah. Well, the beagle was nice and I could see how John was trying to adjust his life. You know, like, first he's grieving, and he's trying to adjust that. And now he has a dog, and now he has to adjust to letting her out, uh, feeding her. Just uh, his whole lifestyle has to be altered in a bit. But also the part that worried me was when, um, I guess he would do this often, he went to some type of...
0: um, Aircraft hey, carrier or something. Yeah, well, that. Yeah, you know what hanger. I'm talking about. Like yeah, like the airport hangar. Yes.
1: Yeah. And I was like, is the dog in the car while he doing this <laughs> fast and furious speeding? I almost hit the truck. I
0: was worried. That's what I was wondering though, too. This is actually <laughs> I never thought about the dog being in the car up until this point. Yes. Because you're so you're so involved with John Wick you're so involved because of the fact that you care about him and you're like, oh my God is he gonna try and kill himself because of his depression because all he has left is just this dog that's supposed to be there for him his way of coping without his wife is like the last thing that he has of his wife so therefore he wants to keep the dog as close po- as possible to him but then you see him do this and I'm like and then this is my first time thinking about is the dog with him yeah. And then I'm like, no, I don't think the dog would be with him because of the fact that it belonged to his wife. So I'm thinking he might have dropped the dog off at the house after he winds up having that confrontation with the uh, gangsters um, that he was with, you know, that he saw at the gas station.
1: Yeah, I hope so. Because that was (laughs) quite disturbing. (laughs) The dog was in the car. He's like fast and furious on the helicopter. And it's like, oh, my God. okay. But, yeah, I. I thought it was really sweet. Uh, they told that my heartstrings in the beginning. Like, he let the dog come into bed with him, and, you know, his heart is warming up again. And all of a sudden, it just had to go and snatch that away from him because the Russian gangster's son liked his car. And right, it's like, be,
0: right. As a matter of fact, uh, the boss, the Russian boss is named Vigo.
1: Vigo. Okay, Vigo's son. What's his yeah. son's name?
0: I believe his son's name was Victor or Victor. Okay.
1: Well, I'm going to say Vigo's son until we get a name. But yeah, Vigo's son, you know, basically just came to him and admired his car. And then he was like, okay, how much? Which is odd for somebody to come up to you in your car and they're like, cool, how much? I mean, that would be a bit off putting. And you're like, it's not for sale. And they're like, no, no, no. How much? I mean, that that's a red flag there. That it's time for me to get my gun because this guy don't understand no. So I mean, it's it was just cool that he understood Russian, because if he didn't, he wouldn't know that the guys called him a bitch. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so his name is, uh, Giorgio or G-, uh, G R. Gregor... I- Ori.
1: Gregory Ori. Cool, I'm calling Greg So anyway okay. Greg-, yeah. <laughs> Greg was stupid I don't understand what he, he was,
0: was. <laughs> This kid was This just goes <laughs> to show you how stupid This kid was because of the fact that whatever, One of his age Is another thing to for starters mm-hmm. here Because he's thinking that he's This big tough guy because he, his dad's Actually the mob boss of the Russian mob so he thinks that he can get away with everything, and then when he goes up to confront John Wick, who's actually pumping gas in his boss car, and he winds up calling him a bitch, and um. then, you know, I like how they, they have this back and forth where, oh, okay, so this guy actually knows Russian, too, when John starts talking about um, back to him and saying... Uh, get your bitch hands off my car, or somewhere to that effect.
1: Yeah, that sounds better than what he said. <laughs> that's the American version. <laughs> get your bitch ass off and so, my car,
0: <laughs> right? It
1: ain't for sale, so, ho. That's what I would have said.
0: So it's that same night, and that's whenever they break into his car, uh, into his home, and then of course the uh, the beagle has to use the bathroom, so he goes downstairs. And he wants. they wind up killing him. Then, after of that, they wind up going. Um, John winds up coming over there to investigate it. And then they wind up beating the hell out of him. And then they wind up taking his uh, 1969 Boss 429 Mustang.
1: Oh, okay. Wow. I didn't know the whole name of
0: it. Wow. <laughs> I, I love my Mustangs. What can I say?
1: Okay. All right.
0: <laughs> but, you know, they wind up killing the puppy before they steal the car. And then, of takes the Mustang to a chop-chop to remove its identity details, but the shop owner, Arleo, recognizes yeah. the car and refuses service. And this is actually my favorite thing that John Legadamo's character says, because where did you get that car? Yeah. I stole it. You stole John Wick's car? Yeah, some stupid-ass guy. I don't care who he is. Yeah. And so, anyway, he once I think you need to get this car out of here. It belongs, and he winds up. Matter of fact, he winds up punching him. Oh yeah, and everything because are you? He said, "Are you fucking stupid?"
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's what is John Wick's car? Who the hell is John Wick? It doesn't matter. Yeah. You need to go. So mm-hmm. next thing you know, it his father winds up getting calling up, calling call, Vigo winds up calling him up, and yeah. he goes, "Why did you lay hands on my son?" He goes, "Sir, he stole John Wick's car." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Park, oh, I just said, oh shit. And then hangs up because he knows at that moment his son is dead. And he also yeah. knows too that John is gonna is not gonna take this very well.
1: No. Well, he said he stole called, car and he killed his dog. He said, Oh shit. <laughs> and then I like how he invited his son. And his son thinking, oh, God, my dad accepts me. My dad's proud of me for all the jobs I'm doing. And he's like, son, have a drink. You've had a hard day. Then he punch him in the gut. And he throws <laughs> up. And he's like, clean yourself off, fool. I stole John Wick's car. And then he, he goes through this story of telling him how John Wick is a badass and how important he is. And then he basically helped build their empire off the bodies he mm-hmm. killed. Then his dumb ass son is like, Dad, Dad, I can take him. I can take him, Dad. I got it, Dad. I can take him. And he's like, Bitch, did you hear anything I said? He just got
0: his ass handed to him by his father that he would actually listen to his father. (laughs) And no, he doesn't. He just he's like I said, he's this kid who has his ego about him. Oh yeah. And thinks that he can't do anything that he can take on the world. And he tells – his father winds up telling him, get out of here right now. We got, But he also winds up telling him the story, the legend of the Bobby Yeager. Yeah. And he goes, who's the boogeyman? Is he the boogeyman? No. no, he's not the boogeyman. He's the one who we take down to, t- uh, to kill the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. So I like how they play that narrative. And then you wind up seeing at that point John Wick is actually burying his dog – then you see this whole entire montage of him with the sledgehammer breaking the concrete up, mm-hmm. and with the sledgehammer, and then you find the these gold coins. You see mm-hmm. the guns that John has that's been buried inside the cement, mm-hmm. and then that's when uh, that's of course whenever the, the guy's father Vigo winds up calling John. And asking to spare his son.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not resort to violence. To hello, oh, oh, he hung up on me. <laughs> what What he say? His henchman. What he say? Oh, no. Oh. But then, like, my, I, I have a couple of questions, and they may be kind of quirky questions. So, one, the henchman, which is the is he the all-state guy, State Farm guy? One yeah, of that's the guys. guy. That's
0: the dude. Because yeah, I was he, even noticing that too. I'm like, wait, yeah, he, he got himself like a little gig. I'm like, okay, I'm happy for this guy,
1: so, but he may not make
0: it. But I'm happy for him. But my you question
1: know. is, why didn't he learn Russian? Because every time he spoke to his son, he's like, Vigo, English, please,
0: <laughs> English, please. <laughs> because you need at least one stupid American that, that doesn't speak. Yeah, <laughs> you need at least one person.
1: I mean, how long has he he worked for Vigo and he didn't think to pick up on Russian or anything like that? Because Vigo forgot. He's just speaking in Russian and he's like, Vigo, English, please. That's all I heard whining. English, English. I don't know what's going on. He's like, get your (laughs) bitch ass down. That's what I said. (laughs) Oh,
0: (laughs) But Another thing, though, too, is, okay. the guy, the guy signed his name. Uh, is Arleo the uh basically Arleo. Arleo is his name.
1: The uh On State guy.
0: No, the son of Vigo.
1: Oh. Oh Ar- Arlego, not Greg.
0: No, not Greg. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> We're giving him a bunch of names that we don't even know. Okay.
1: So I'm gonna call him A Ron. <laughs>
0: oh my god. <laughs> okay. So anyways, uh then of course Vigo was a uh, be, uh being Lucifer and uh you know chastises him for incurring Wick's wrath. Vigo sure. reveals that Wick was formerly a hitman and his employed re- renewed and feared in the criminal underworld as a Baba Yaga, a ruthless and ruthless man of focused commitment and sheer will. After Wick fell in love with Helen, a civilian, Vigo Gave him a seemingly impossible task to earn his freedom. Mm-hmm. So therefore, he was at, Vigo was actually the one who was responsible for John Wick retiring, and gave him one last job to see if he could actually survive it or not. So it wasn't yeah. for Vigo; he would have been still inside this thing.
1: hmm Yeah, but that's that shows you too that this woman that John met. That was enough for him to go through all of this to like kill all these people and go to retirement for her. Like, and then just him like pounding the pavement that just showed too that he was intended to permanently stay out of the life because nobody cements all of their weaponry and all of that stuff if they're not intending to just stay out of the life. Like, he was intending to just. Settle down. Maybe have some kids with her, and just stay out of the life forever.
0: Exactly, and you can definitely tell that he was actually someone that loved his wife. He, oh yeah, he has a a video playing of her and stuff like that as a part of a memory. Even during the whole entire uh, thing where we wind up seeing at the funeral, where you see William Defoe's character and asking him how how is he holding up, and you can tell that these two are really good friends.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I definitely like the chemistry between William Defoe and him. I thought that those that dynamic actually worked in this film.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, it did. It, it was nice for him to come to the funeral. You know, he was like <laughs> hidden behind a tree, but he still he came, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, Marcus, Marcus still came to the funeral. Yeah, even though he was watching.
1: No, no, no. His other um, friends came to the funeral. Vigo didn't even come, and he was the one who was responsible for his retirement. He could have at least came. And then when he talked to John, he was like, it was like, matter of fact, hey, John, sorry, <clears throat> you know, sorry about your wife, she died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry about that. Um. So anyway, um, yeah, he just another did thing, it kind of like that. Mm-hmm. No emotion, no feeling.
2: You
0: know. No. But another thing I want to talk about is whenever these guys, um, whenever you wind up seeing the 12 guys at Vigo winds up coming, coming into John's place, And everything to try and kill him, he's taking down all twelve guys at one time, simultaneously, just shooting them with hit shots and and basically flipping them over. And Mm -hmm. that was just a great action sequence. And then whenever you hear the doorbell ring after he kills everybody, there's a cop, and you don't realize the world that they're building at this point because it's actually the first movie. At that point, and then he opens the door. There's a police officer, and the cop just looks out behind him. And goes, "So you're back at? So you're working again?"
2: Mm-hmm. He goes, "No,
0: just covering up a few loose ends." All mm-hmm. right, well, have a good night. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, is, is this police officer? Was he did? Was he also used to be a hitman at mm-hmm. one point? Who just happened to join the police force and happens to be protecting the assassins? Or was he just someone? That's on their payroll. That's helping them. So that's Uh, something that. Yeah, but I just thought it was an hilarious scene where it's like a typical normal day because there's actually been complaints inside, outside in the neighborhood Uh of gunshots and all this stuff going on. And there's this cop that comes uh, comes over to the house and goes, "Oh, uh, working again? No, just coming up a few loose ends. Okay, no big deal. Shuts the door." And then next thing you know it, John gets on the phone and he goes, yeah, uh, I would like to make a reservation for 12 people.
1: Ah, that's what
0: that means. OK. <laughs> yeah, because he goes, I'll, uh, 12 guests. So this guy comes up, cleans up the house and everything with his boys and uh, wraps them all up and puts them in the van. And so he was the cleaner.
2: Mm hmm.
1: And he paid him
0: in those coins, too. Right. And here's the thing, though, that I like about this movie, though, is I like the fact that we have different mythology surrounding the coins about what they mean. You also have mythology in the Hotel of the Continental, which we'll get to in a few minutes of different rules and regulations and the politics that goes on within the Continental, which is something that I really like. And it kind of has this Pirates of the Caribbean kind of feel to it because they use the words palais. Remember at the fourth one? Fourth one, I think. Or the, no, the third movie third. where he goes, Paul A. Ah, okay. So I'm like, okay, so they're using like pirate kind of terms and things like that. So yeah. it has that kind of feel to it, which I think actually works within this universe itself.
1: Yeah, and the currency, too, it pirates. Like the gold coins. Mm-hmm. Or, maybe they explain that in one of the movies, or this movie, I have to go back and see the significance well, of it. I think it was the they s-
0: never, They never explained the gold coins, but they explained what the token means whenever another assassin gives that token over to another assassin to kill ah. that assassin. But they that's don't two, explain. Yeah, right? that. that's in part yeah. two, because that's when they burned down his house. Oh. Uh, so. <laughs> it gets worse. <laughs> But here's the thing, though. Now, they are supposed to come out with a continental TV series on stars, And I'm hoping that they end up explaining that.
1: Wasn't that supposed to come out last year or year before?
0: But don't forget, though, we also had the pandemic that happened and other things, too. So that could have actually been some issues with it, too. So that could have been some issues as to why we haven't heard anything. But I like the fact that they're coming out with a TV series for the Continental because I think they they can do a lot of stuff with that. Mm -hmm. But anyways, focusing back on this, you know, I like the wide shot angles of how the stunts were shot and how John is just going through his house, killing all these people. And you can see all the action sequences. There's no shaky cam in this move in this part. Everything you can actually see. And that's something that I really liked. And it wasn't too dark. You can see every uh-huh. single thing that's happening. Uh-huh. And then there's this one scene where John winds up making this other one of the other burglars basically kill himself with his own blade. <laughs> <laughs> so and then I also remember this other scene that Vigo winds up telling his son because John Wick one time killed somebody with a pencil. A fucking pencil. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, I thought to myself, are we gonna see that? Because I want to see that.
1: Yeah, he's he like, yeah, I can take him, I can take him for the
0: family. He's like, Did he hear the thing I said?
1: <laughs> and always it always feels there. like Chris Tucker,
0: right? Are, do you not understand the words that are coming out of my mouth?
1: Well, my, my thing, too, is why didn't he tell his son who John Wick was
0: in the first place? Because I'm thinking that Vigo was thinking, okay, well, John is retired. There's no yeah. sense of even talking to him because he's gone. So my son's not going to get into no stupid shit with him or anything like that. They're going to go off and do stupid other stupid stuff that might get him in trouble, like maybe get in trouble with the cops or something like that, which he could pay off. But him running into John and everything would probably be very slim to nothing.
1: That's true, but his son is capable of more stupid things. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> I would make that like uh, mythos for the family. Son, <laughs> sit. let me tell you about the story of John Wick. You know, maybe this could have been avoided, but it probably couldn't have with him. Right.
0: And at this point, he also refuses Vago's attempt to take amends for his son's actions and kills the Hitman squad, subjectively sent to his home. As a result, Vigo puts a two million dollar hit downey on Wick's head. And his mm-hmm. former mentor, Marcus, is enlisted to take him out. Yeah. So yeah. now Marcus is now involved. And you can and he goes, Look, I know you and John are close, but do you mind taking him out? He goes, Well, what's the hit what's the contract? What is it like? What is the conditions? Because when you do a hit they might want you to hit a certain body part or they want you to do something a little extra on how to kill someone.
2: Hmm.
0: And so we want to know what it entailed. And then he goes, well, it's a $2 million hit and that's all it is. He goes, okay, well, I'll do it. I'm not really, because you're not attached. to so, him. no, I can do it. Next thing you know, it, John checks in at the hotel
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then you wind up seeing, uh Miss Perkins sneaking up behind him While he's sleeping While Marcus <laughs> is over there trying to shoot uh, Shoot him So basically Marcus winds up giving him a warning shot Hey look there's somebody behind you You need to wake up mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Or oh, was and he trying to aim For Miss Perkins
0: I don't think he was trying to aim to per- Miss Perkins because I figured this Okay, You're trying to do a hit on somebody Yeah So you don't want to, and of course they're friends, but they don't, he doesn't want to go on ahead and let that person take them out, him out or anything either, because otherwise it doesn't look like he did it. Because remember, he was supposed to be hitting him from a sniper rifle angle. So if he winds up just letting her kill him inside that room, it makes it look like that he didn't even do it at all. And somebody else beat him to the punch.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. So basically, I think at that time he had no choice but to wake him up. And let them duke it out.
1: Yes. But also, I'm surprised he didn't kill this woman. You know, he when she gave him the information, usually in film, they go, thanks. Pew! And then they shoot him in the head. But he, like, gave her mercy or something like that. I wanted that some type of cold he has. Like, a, well, it's a
0: female assassin. The, well, remember the rules of the, of the hotel, though, too. Thank you. Appreciate that, Paulo. Hope you are having a great night. Having a great night. Yeah, we are. We're having a great night. How about you? But, you know, the thing I like about the hotel is, with the Continental, is the fact they have their own rules and regulations. So, therefore, Perkins broke the rules. Mm Mm-hmm. So whenever he sees his other friend that he notices inside the room, because remember there's been this disturbance and the hotel concierge guy has to go ahead and call him up. He goes, well, we got some noise complaints inside your room. you sorry. I'll keep it down. Next thing you know, they're duking it out in the hallway. The guy opens up the door at that point. He knocked her, John ends up knocking her out and they talk about doing a, a catch and release kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. They do a catch and release, but basically if you wind up catching somebody, you release them over into the hotel staff. If you wind up seeing something, if they wind up doing something that they're not supposed to do in the hotel.
1: Mm. So you're trying to follow the rules of the hotel still, even though right. it's all been broken.
0: Right. Mm. Because I think if you wind up killing this person, I think you both wind up being dead mm. by the hotel.
1: That's true. That's true.
0: Okay. At that point, we don't know that because that's not even introduced until the second uh, movie. But still, going based off of that, that's what I'm going after. Mm, OK. OK.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And um, I like to, um, gosh, the hotel manager. Uh, what is his name? The actor's name?
0: The one that plays Winston?
1: Yes. Is it Winston? No. Is it Winston, the hotel manager? Yeah, In- Winston's the
0: hotel Yes, yeah, Ian McShane. McShane, McShane. McShane,
1: that's it. Yeah. Yes. He's great for that part, too. I he's love so Ian McShane. Yeah. And, and that talk he had with him, like, you know, John's just telling everybody, no, nah, I'm retired. You know, I'm just trying to find somebody. And he's like, you know, once you step your foot back into this lifestyle, it just reaches out and grabs you. So you're not retired. It's just going to pull you back in. And he's telling him... You got out once, you know, why don't you just stay out? And, you know, it's like, well, it's personal now. So, but I'm not, but I'm still retired, but I'm just trying to handle some business over here. You know what I'm saying?
0: (laughs) Right. He's like, once I wind up killing these other people, then I'll be retired again. I'm still
1: retired, but I just need to take (laughs) care of some business. They insulted my dog (laughs) and I'm breathing. I'm pissed off. Right. You're retired.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and this is also, like you said, he warns him about the dangers of returning to the life he left behind. Despite this, Winston secretly informs Wick that Losov is at the Red Circle nightclub. Wick infiltrates the club and confronts Losav, but he is attacked by Krill, uh, Vago's henchman, and forced to retreat to the co- Continental for med- medical attention. Medical attention. But anyways, um, but I like this scene, though, where the guard is standing outside and then Wick is out in the shadows. Yeah. And he goes, I think it's time for you to take the night off. And then it's kind of like Jedi mind trick, but with a handgun. He goes, I think it's time for you to take the night off. And the guy goes, yeah, I think it's time for me to take the night off. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. And then he winds up walking off.
1: Yeah, and you can see the influence. Sorry, John. You can see the influence that um, John John Wick. Sorry, I'm trying to get used to these Johns. John Wick has, you know, um, even with other bodyguards and henchmen, they recognize who he is. And just him saying, oh, thank you, sir. It was like, oh, thank God. I don't have to get killed by the boogeyman. Thanks for sparing my <laughs> life, sir. And it's like, that man is bigger than John Wick muscle mass. And he almost shit his pants. He's like, oh, thank God, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank he let you me go.
0: He spared yeah. my life. He and spared then he my goes. life.
1: Yeah. <laughs> then he can tell all his friends, you know, John Wick spared my life. <laughs> and I have a second chance at killing other
0: people, but not John Wick. Wick. Well, I can watch it. I can go back to work tomorrow night. Like nothing even happened yeah. because he's not going to be after me. No. Because all I'm going to be doing is standing me. guard over here. So, yeah.
1: And I would do the same thing. I'd be like, uh, uh oh, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm just going to take the night off. Thank you, sir. Thank you.
0: <laughs> but I like how he has the influence on the guard at the nightclub. Yes. And then when he goes into the nightclub, you wind up having two different themes going on. You have the nightclub scene. And then what are your thoughts on John Wick being almost three hours long? To be honest with you, pa- uh, Paulo, Paulo, I, I, I'm, no, all, for I'm all for it. I'm all for it being three hours long because of the fact it's, still, it's not the last movie as far as I know of. But it makes me excited because I think there's so much stuff that you can pack into a John Wick movie to where you can actually do different mythology around John Wick, especially with the Continental. Then you also have other stuff within the politics of the Continental, too, that happen within the third film. So you can actually tie that in together at the same time as telling a whole new story for John Wick on the continuation of what happened after Winston and him winds up shooting their way out into the and also making that deal Mm -hmm. and everything whenever John falls over the building. But that's it for our review for uh, part three, though. But Mm
1: -hmm. I'm actually surprised I actually remember that much. How long was part three? Part three
0: was two hours and some more minutes.
1: So another hour wouldn't really matter, like you said. Yeah,
0: I think I actually wanted that one longer. Me too, because I really loved it. But we'll get into part three later. (laughs) Yes, of course. (laughs) But but you know, okay. So uh, once we get into this other thing, we have two different things happening here. You have the nightclub scene with this loud music techno music and stuff like that. And then you also have this other thing going on, where it's just this light kind of nightclub kind of bluesy kind of music going on, hip hop mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. And I actually love that song. It's called think. And so anyways, John is over there blasting his way where the pool is, where all these other girls are at. There's one big, huge guy that's in a speedo that John has to take down. He shoots him <laughs> in the foot. Then he shoots him in the chest. <laughs> smart, smart man.
1: Yes. I would have uh, killed him in the kneecaps. But, you know. See,
0: that would have been smarter, better. but he shoots yeah. him in the foot to take belt. him down. But, yeah. See, <laughs> but he's
1: strategic. Want. That's why he's been surviving this long. He's like, okay, this guy is huge. I, I know some people probably will say, well, why don't you shoot him in the head? You know, but <laughs> I don't know. I, it's unsmart smart about, okay, let me get a vulnerable spot. Let me just shoot him here. And then I'm going to go up and up and get the vulnerable areas first and then right. just take them out. You know, there's a of lot of science th- behind it. Sorry, John.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's OK. But as that's going on, his son, Vigo's son's actually tr- getting away. He's trying to shoot him through the glass. He doesn't even make it. He goes out, bat, butt us naked. Well, and he was wearing a towel. Around his waist, and then you see John actually chasing him down. And then, as he's <laughs> chasing him down, John is shooting everybody in the club. Then he goes up to the balcony where Vigo's son's at, and then next thing you know, he gets into a Russell uh, match with one of the guards. He winds up basically punching him right where uh, his um basically just shooting him in the stomach or, and stuff like that. And then he also gets flipped over off the balcony and he's all banged up at that point. Then he leaves and he goes back into the Continental. <laughs> and <laughs> this, is you know. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is my favorite part, though. He goes up to the concierge and he winds up saying, so, do you have a cleaner? He goes, not for something that drastic. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, i or not is the doctor in? Yeah, he's in. So he winds up st- getting stitched up at the Continental, and then after that, as Wick rests, his target targeted by a hit woman named Miss Perkins. Is what we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Who into his, this is actually what we were talking about? What Mark is? Um, and then she also discloses that Vigo has a high value stash concealed in a church. Wick has another hit man, Harry, who winds up sc- securing Perkins, but she escapes and kills him. Mm. When he tries to do a catch and release, Mm-mm. and then as Wick rests, he targeted by. Uh, then after that, at the church, Wick destroys Vigo's cache of extension blackmail material,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: I love this. This uh, this to me was actually my favorite thing. He gets the priest with this big old huge automatic machine gun drags him over to where Vigo's dash is, and then he winds up uh, telling the priest. open up the gate he opens up the gate lets the woman go that's inside that area who's actually counting the money who's keeping the eye on the money and stuff and he goes you know whose fault this is you're never going to get away with it if you want the money just take it he goes i don't want the money he winds up taking a match to it and burning all the blackmail stuff all the cachet every single thing that Vigo had and then that's what winds up happening and he winds up walking away to send the message to him, and it's like, and I, I had instant Batman, Dark Knight kind That's of eyes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Have I but
1: seen the him? priest too reminded me of, um, it's not Shaun of the Dead. Oh man, gosh, I don't, I forgot. Um, that that priest reminded me of the uh, another movie similar to the makers of Shaun of the Dead. Where a priest got up, he's like, let's not resort to violence. And then he pulls out all these machine guns and then he starts shooting up people. So just him just going in there trying to, the priest coming to him and he's like, my son, how can I help you? And he shot him and you get this jerk reaction like, oh my God, what are you doing shooting a priest? But then you look at his palm and it's like all these uh, Russian gangster tattoos on his palm. So he works for them too.
0: Right. But I actually thought the action sequences for this next thing was really good though, too. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: There was actually that one part where he's sniping on top of the building.
2: Ah,
0: And one of the, one of uh, the Vigo's son's friends is actually playing call of duty. And he goes, come on, just shoot him already. And then all of a sudden, John just shoots him through the ear Mm-hmm. And everything, and winds up killing his friend. And then at that point, he's killing everybody.
1: Yeah. And it's in that moment that Vigo's son realizes, oh, this guy is somebody I should fear. This guy, now I'm taking this seriously because he wasn't taking it seriously before. Even going back to where the guard was like, you should be afraid of John Wick. And he was just continuously treating this whole thing like a joke. Like, oh, why is everybody afraid of this John Wick guy? But now
0: he sees it. Right. Now it's too late. <laughs> but, yeah, because he's dead. <laughs> right. And then at this point, this is actually the part where the van winds up coming after John Wick mm. and, and basically just slams his body. <laughs> like You can quickly see how this this damage that it, it, this vehicle does to John because mm-hmm. it knocks him completely over completely yeah. out
2: mm-hmm. and then
0: he and then of course Vigo winds up um you know basically tying him up to a chair huh. and he goes, why did you want to kill my son? what is the big deal and John winds up saying, well, my wife is the one who gave me my that dog. That was the mm-hmm. last thing she ever gave me. And that was the only thing that was make, making my life worth something. And then your son took it away from me. And now I need to take his life away from him because of what he did to me. Mm-hmm. And every, Ever since this has been going on, people have been asking me, am, am I back Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not retired no more. I'm back. (laughs) But I love that quote, though, from Keanu. I think Keanu delivered that line very perfect, Mm -hmm. to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Because you can feel the emotion. You can actually feel how pissed off he actually is.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a great scene. Um, That and... Just the tactics they use to beat him down. Um, the the normal human <laughs> would have succumbed to just you know being hit by a car, being beat, um, suffocated, tied to a chair, whatever. Apparently, John Wick is not a normal human. His his mythos surpasses everything humanly speaking about this guy. Um, Because he should have just been dead. Plus, you know, when he went to the doctor and he stitched him up, he's like, you're going to bleed a lot, but you're going to live. I mean, he should just be resting. Right. But I guess the hate for him killing his dog gives him the fuel to stay alive. <laughs>
0: And that's something I really like about this film, though, too, is it's the plot is very simplistic. It's not yeah. very complex. No, you have your main antagonist. You have your plot. You have the reason why John is going on this killing spree. Mm-hmm. So I like how simplistic it is without making anything very, very complicated.
1: No, but it's also um, unique, too, in its simplicity, because you it's rare you see a hitman get that pissed off about a dog. Like, I mean, you know, there's is, right. co- correlation there. So I really like that. Yes, it's simplistic, the plot, but there's a unique twist to it as well.
0: Right, definitely. And they keep the mythology really simple as well to where you can actually follow along with it. Uh-huh. Because they could have all these rules and everything set up in one movie, but I'm glad that they only gave us a little taste of the continental of basically, okay, so this so this hotel is just one for assassins, like a safe haven for them mm-hmm. when they yep. want to get away. But then when you find out in the second movie that it's set up for like a base where nobody is allowed to kill anybody within these hotel room walls, then you see the politics of it. Then you see everything within its own self. And that's something I really liked about the second one. But, you know, that's what I like about this first one, though, too, is they don't explain all the rules. They let some things out to be a mystery.
1: Yes. You know? I was trying to find that movie that is is kind of similar to the Continental. And it came out a few years ago. But oh, I don't know what like, you're talking you know about. Talking I about I yeah, With Jodie Foster and Batista, and it's like yeah. the hitmen go to this hotel, but it's kind of like a hospital. And I forgot the name of that movie and I, I haven't seen it yet, but I heard it's pretty
0: good. Hotel Artemis is the name of it.
1: Ah, yeah, that's what that kind of reminds me of the continental, how that's all set up mm-hmm. like, that's a specific place for hit men to go, which this whole world is fascinating to me that they have a specific hospital, have a specific hotel where they can relax. Um, I don't know if they have a grocery store, but that would be neat to see them in like a apartment <laughs> complex, a grocery store, a, oh my a Ace Hardware, like a little whirl for them. <laughs> you know, I like to know what they do when they're not out that, killing. murdering. that's too, and much. Murdering. <laughs> that, that's too like, much. All right, fine, fine, fine. But the grocery store thing would be awesome. It made like, grocery you can't, shopping you can't kill on grocery store ground.
0: Yeah <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so Marcus intervenes again to save Wick, allowing him to kill Krell and threaten Vigo into revealing his son's location. Wick consults the safe house and kills Los. Afterward, Marcus encourages Wick to return to the normal life he has built, but their meeting is witnessed by Perkins, who reveals Marcus's duplicity to Virgo. He has Marcus tortured and killed before calling Wick to taunt him with the details, drawing him back to the city.
1: Something else on the list. Oh, you killed my best friend. Killed my dog, mm-hmm. my best
0: friend. Mm-hmm. I seen uh, but here's the thing though. William Defoe went out like a boss though. He went oh, out yeah. like a champ.
1: He always he d- goes
0: out like a champ. He does. This is what I liked about this, the scene though. He takes off his watch, takes off his, he takes all his money out of his money clip, places on the furniture and he goes, if you're going to do it, let's just get this over with already. What are you waiting for? (laughs) Then you see this whole entire scene being played out where you wind up seeing Vigo. He winds up beating the hell out of Marcus Hmm. And then he winds up stabbing Defoe in the leg, Marcus in the leg, and then after that he shoots him in front of Perkins, and then he shoots him twice, and then he shoots him two more times.
1: Uh -uh. Overkill. (laughs) I'm like, dude, he's dead. There's no combat. Yeah. Jeez, I guess he's like still paranoid about John Wick because you know, John Wick to these men are like a superhero. Like, he, he can't die. So he's like, uh, just in case he kind of like John Wick, let me give him two more taps.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but his nickname is not the Bobby Yeager either, so... he, he associated with him, um,
1: so I'll just give him two more taps, just in case. <laughs> tap, tap. <There> you
0: go. <laughs> but yeah, he has Marcus tortured before calling Wick to taunt him. And I like how he tries to make this deal, he goes, John did Wick.
2: Uh-huh.
0: You need to stay retired, or else you will die. Mm. By my hand, and then he and then goes, he goes. Then John winds up finding out Marcus dies. He turns back around, and then Winston. I don't know how fast uh Perkins left that apartment, but Winston winds up getting to Perkins. Yeah, and executes yeah that was pretty quick. That was like the only little small nitpick I have about it. but then again, it's an action film that does and I'm like, okay, you know you have to assume that she is working with this guy so therefore he knows Winston knows where to pick her up at
2: mm-hmm.
0: too. so that might be something to that I'm thinking about. but Winston winds up killing her for uh basically... Re- Basically for breaking the Continental's rules. And Winston informs Wick that Vigo is preparing to leave in the city by helicopter. So I like how Winston winds up uh, breaking it down to John. He goes, Look, I cannot tell you what's gonna what's happening right now because I'll be breaking rules within the Continental themselves. But a certain someone that you're looking for is getting on a chopper, and that certain someone will be arriving around eight o'clock. I'm just using mm-hmm. the time as a reference. It's so mm-hmm. not verbatim. Mm-hmm. But I like how Winston does this. And John instantly knows where he's at. So he goes after him. And I love it. I love how this is actually played out.
2: Mm-mm-mm.
1: Yeah, I'm going to start doing that. You know, John, a certain somebody <laughs> is coming to your house. And they're coming around 930. But I, I suggest well, you don't late, let to make them- good.
2: That'd be
0: like the worst hitman that I would ever hire, though, to be honest with you.
1: I am this is I
0: like the movies where it's like at nine o'clock. You're going to expect first, some company, and first sudden, i be late. So this I'm okay. late, Like fifteen, twenty minutes late. I can see Damn. them go. It's like, um, yeah, Gustav, Yeah, they're. It's nine fifteen. Where are they? And then all of a sudden, you hear the Russian goes, "We're at McDonald's. We are yeah. eating. We are That's eating easy. and I'm I'm drinking like, vodka."
1: I'm coming. Sorry, it's
2: traffic. <laughs> <laughs>
0: About kill. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, not to go off subject. But yeah, uh, talk about the worst hitman in the world. <laughs> but but then you, you see about the last scene. Okay, the last scene. Okay the, <laughs> okay, the Allstate guy makes me laugh because he doesn't even have a gun in the car. And Goose, Gu- Gu- Vusa, whatever his name is, <laughs> Vigo. Vigo is <laughs> not Morrison. But Vigo. No, Vigo is over there laughing his ass off because John is over there hitting the car. He's enjoying this, <laughs> and then you have the Allstate guy who's over there panicking the whole time, and Vigo ends up giving him the gun, American, to try and shoot him. And, but I love the action sequence with this now, where you actually see um, John in the car, and then you see this other henchman hiding behind something, and then John comes around does like a whole 360 around it, and then shoots that guy and then runs off yes. uh, in the car. I, I love that scene, and it could have been done with shaky cam. It could have been done any other way, but the way they do this realism with this wide-angle shot, you can mm. actually feel the impact of that person dying and everything. I thought that it was a really realistic shot.
1: Did they use the steady cam? How do they do that?
0: I have no idea how they did that one, but it's very good. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. It is. Just all the action sequences. I, I like that part where it's kind of drawn out, and you can see the choreograph of how much work the actors put in, and it's like a dance in a sense, you know? Especially, we're going to get to it. But John Wick 3 has so many of those scenes. And I saw it in the theaters, and everybody was quiet and focused on every single scene, every single action. But yeah, it's the same for this, too. I like those types.
0: Same. And John Wick 2 starts off really fast. And everything, too.
1: Yeah, it has some problems. But.
0: (laughs) But I don't – here's the thing. Going into it on the – we'll talk about this later. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> – yeah. sorry, guys, for the yeah. little teaser that I was sorry. going to throw out there. Okay, so – so anyways, Avatar? we wind up seeing this – so now we finally see see this fight where basically we see, um, you know, John winds up fighting Vigo who resigned to dying from his own injuries Wick watches a video on his phone of Helen telling him they need to go home. He breaks into a nearby animal clinic, treats his wounds, and adopts a pit bull puppy. It's good oh. to be to be uh, intuitionalized before being um, beginning the walk home.
1: Yeah, and he picked the the calmest dog too. You know, because all the dogs like meh 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 meh. And he's like, oh, look at that one over there. It seemed like he's sad. And and I think he was supposed to be put down, too. Now that I'm looking at it for whatever, how many times I've seen this movie. I think I just noticed that dog was supposed to be put down.
0: Right. That dog was supposed to be put down. But I can understand why John would pick that dog over the other dogs.
1: Yes, me too.
0: Because his dog was a little small beagle, which was easily to be able to be killed. Mm-hmm. It was also a shown of weakness in a sense. Yeah. Getting a masculine dog that can probably chew your balls off is actually the way that you, you will want to go ahead and get a dog like this so that way he can protect you.
1: Yeah. He's like, you know, I'm, I don't want my dog to die again. So, in a sense, that's like his second in command. Right. So, the dog is a hit man, too, it's a hit dog
0: is a hit talk oh my god (laughs) but anyways all in all i really enjoyed this the very first one i thought that it ends very good it could have been like a one one shot kind of movie where it's like you're one and done the story's been told there's no more story here but then you get a couple of years later where you want after coming off the hype of it and they've come up with a sequel to it hmm Hmm. which comes out in 2017 for John Wick. That was quick. Not really, if you think about it, because 2014, 15, 16, if you count it like three or four years later, they come out with John Wick 2.
2: Okay, yeah.
0: In
1: 2017. Okay, yeah. And also, oh, I was gonna say, I think I got the movies kind of mixed up, because I thought this was the one where there's a giant hotel scene, and they're like, oh, shooting each other up. I think no, that's, that's the in the third one. Oh, okay, yeah. See,
0: <laughs> The third one is when Winston and, yeah, we're going to get into hell later. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I love the third one, though, too.
1: Yeah, My only thing is, I wish I would have saw John Wick in the
0: theaters. I saw it in the theaters open, so uh, on the opening weekend. So lucky. <laughs>
1: yeah, I only saw three saw. in the theaters. But yeah, it kind of went under the radar for me for some reason. I think I first saw John Wick probably when it was on TV. Um, But I don't know how that movie just slipped under the radar for me.
0: Well, I'll be honest with you. The marketing for this wasn't that strong. Yeah. Like I said, they opened it. uh, Normally you have a trailer about a month or two months before the release. Mm -hmm. Or more. More time than that. But for some reason or another, they went on ahead, released the trailer within that same day, same week of the movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So that means that, to tell me that maybe the studios didn't really believe in it to the point where they were like, well, we're just going to throw this out there and see what happens. Because mm-hmm. even with the um, – because here's the thing. You also have an embargo. An embargo means like you cannot talk about this movie until the embargo lifts, which mm-hmm. is something that the movie critics do. And they didn't even that embargo lifted on the same day as the movie. And normally if the embargo lifts on the, uh, on the same day as the movie, that means the movie is bad. Oh, wow. Because here's the thing. You want that movie to be good word of mouth. So you want that embargo to lift early, but to release it on that same day is not good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So that's what happened with the film but it still made some money, though. It made eighty-six million on a twenty to thirty million dollar budget.
1: Yes, and I think once it got televised, it started. And DVD to... sales, yeah, increased more. Okay, kind of like Taken. Like Taken was kind of like that. It was it slipped under the radar, and then it got its cult following, and then you know Taken whatever. <laughs> Wherever we are now. Four,
0: five, well, eight. I don't know. Well, I would like to put this up there with, for instance, Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise. <laughs> because nobody. This movie was named Edge of Tomorrow was actually named three or four different titles. <laughs> Did you know that? No, I didn't. I'm not okay. First title was called All You Need Is Kill. <laughs> <laughs> you need is kill. All you need is kill. The second title was Edge of Tomorrow.
2: Okay. Edge of
0: tomorrow. Third title was Live, Die, and Repeat.
1: I like that one better.
0: And then there was Live, Die, Die, and Repeat, Edge of Tomorrow.
1: No, I like Live, Die, and Repeat because that's basically the whole movie.
0: Well, that's actually <laughs> the title they. I think they gave it on the... Uh, Blu-ray and DVD release at that time. Ah. But it didn't make that much money because by the time that word of mouth got around, that was actually good. It was gone. At least with John Wick, you have that word of mouth and it worked with them a little bit, but they could have done a lot more with it if they chose to, you know?
2: Yeah,
1: totally. Yeah. Every movie is a gamble. It's a risk. And you don't know... If it's going to be good or not but also it makes you think that the the studio execs don't even know what's good anymore they're losing their flavor you know for what's the good movie what's the
0: best movie right so just put it um, out (laughs) (laughs) but all in all great movie I really enjoy this one a lot and Mm -hmm. I still watch it from time to time
1: me too it has a very nice cult following, and um, everybody knows not to mess with John Wick or his dog.
0: Exactly. As a matter of fact, this actually has an 86% on the Tomato Reader and an 81% on the audience score. Hmm. Okay, cool. So there's that. Yeah. And then... This is what one person said. He goes, emotions matter little. Story matters less. Morals don't register at all. But the rhythm of the killing creates its own irresistible machine music. Interesting. Sometimes. One, a, <laughs> huh? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. Go on ahead. No, I was
1: just going to say uh, a simplistic plot sometimes just reaches the audience more than something that's overly complicated.
0: Right. But yeah, I I don't have any problem with this movie. I think it's still a great film. I think it's fun and entertaining. It's a great thrill ride. I think people are going to be in for a big treat when it comes down to part four. So I can't wait to talk about that when we actually do our John Wick chapter four re- review. Um, but I just want to answer Polo's question real quick. Have you ever seen the Raid Redemption? To be honest with you, I haven't. But we do have a Raid Redemption review with Alex on the channel, so you might want to check that out if you want to watch the uh, raid review, or you can also check it out on the podcast as well. You want to go in and check out our uh, raid redemption review that uh, Alex did on the channel. But, yep, as far as this uh, goes and everything, this is going to be it as far as our review for John Wick Chapter 1. Come back on Wednesday 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, as we review The Last of Us. Mm. That's so good. we yes it is it's always good to have you on and the rest of the panel on for that one yes
1: yes very good
0: <laughs> so anyways guys that's going to be it for tonight thank you so much paulo for uh joining us i do appreciate that and always until next time bye-bye